Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky. Welcome to the Sunday session, wrapping up all of the round 18 games. A very entertaining round. I've got Johnny with me, mate. Johnny, how are you? Oh, not too bad. About a month into lockdown, but um, good to have a full week of footy on board. Yeah, it uh, looks like it's going to be around for a while. So luckily, uh, unlike last year, we've got the footy to get us through. And I was saying to you just before we started recording, probably the funnest overall day of watching footy this season, I want to say. like All three games today had some storyline, pretty interesting. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the on the round overall, especially today? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, especially the, the, today's game here. I think the Warriors kept it um, pretty tight with the Panthers, given they pretty much had no one on the bench. But, um, you had the last two games, the Broncos and then the uh, the Bulldogs. The, lots of uh, scoreline changes back and forth. 100%. And before we get into the game by game, a quick uh, super coach update. You are obviously the, the top dog in our in our comp. You've been all season. You're you're praying for the update gods uh, tonight. You've got your versing Cody Walker as the captain. Um, yeah. I guess, what are you going to sacrifice to try and get this win? Would you give up the first child? Would you, you know, no, no <laughs> Maccas for a month? What's What, what are you going to give up here to try and get this win? Uh, look, I, I don't think I desperately need this win. I'm pretty confident that I'm going to be in the finals, but uh, look, if it was to to take out the comp, I, I'd definitely take out our first child. What a, what a luxury to really, you know, be in such a position where, oh, I don't need that win in round 18 as we're gearing towards the finals. It's that type of season. In our comp, um, you know, I actually don't even know what the final number is to get into the finals, but it's very, very congested. So an interesting round of updates to come and obviously the home stretch, but let's get into it. Nom. Let's go into the game of games here. So first game on the docket this week was on Friday night. It was the Gold Coast Titans and the Parramatta Eels. Parramatta getting up 26 to eight here. And as a Parramatta fan on the podcast, it was a very good game for the first 60 odd minutes. We did let them in a little bit in the back end, but happy we got the win. What did you see with this one, mate? Yeah, like you said, uh, good first 60 minutes. You probably would be disappointed with your second half if you're a Power fan. Um, but yeah, if you're a Titans fan, uh, not much doing. Eh? Like you guys, uh, with the Titans, they pretty much just had the two tries to end and they didn't really look competitive with a top four side like Power. Yeah, and the, the Simbin was obviously... We've seen the six again and the Simbin be instrumental this year in a lot of games. And the Kevin Proctor bin... Uh, you know, as soon as he went off, they parameter scored three tries and it was all over by the time he got back on the field. So just shows you the big swings. The the big news coming out of this game would be Jamal Fogarty. Uh, he's got a compound fracture to the hand. So unreported times on the on the uh, sideline, they were waiting for the physio to give us some updates. But um, I guess for the Titans, you know, they're battling for the top top eight here. If Fogarty's out for an extended period of time, do we put the black, the black marker through them? Um, yeah, so I'm just looking at where the Titans are right now. Well, they're just outside the eight. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite congested and, you know, if they can't, um, yeah, I think without Fogarty, it would be very, very difficult for them. Yeah, and it looks, uh, looks like, uh, the physio is saying, uh, could be anywhere from two to four or four to eight. So I guess if it's four to eight, that's potentially season over. Uh, and I guess they got the likes of Tanner Boyd and stuff to come in. So the Tides will be sweating on that. But from a Parramatta side, very quickly, they got the win again. You know, they're, they're battling in that top four 
um, battle, you know, to hold off Melee and the Roosters. I think Parramatta, more than any team in the top four and the top six here, really need that second bite of the cherry. You know, whoever gets that top four spot, you're probably going to be going uh, to verse Melbourne or the Panthers. So it's very, very critical for a team like Parramatta to get that top four spot. Yeah, like you do not want to. I'm just trying to think about teams that have to play against the Storm or Panthers. I think it's been said before, but it's going to be like um, having two grand finals. You have to you know, get up so much to take out one of these top two sides at the home ground, and then you have to do it again in the grand final. It's just going to be a mammoth task for the rest of the competition. Yeah, an interesting road, road ahead for those two teams. Let's get on to the second game, Nom. Uh, it was mainly Eagles 32 defeating the St. George Illawarra Dragons 18. Obviously for Manly, no DCE, no Tom Trevojevic, no Jake Trevojevic, but we got a vintage Kieran Foran game in this one. What did you see in this one, mate? Yeah, Kieran Foran, he just really turned it up. He, I think he was like a man of match performance. You know, that or uh, Olakowatu, um, he was on the tail on the right-hand side, wasn't he? Look, your your captain choice this week was probably the most ambitious. Uh, when, I'm thinking of all the different options you can do. For you. You've obviously got uh, the King Nathan Cleary, so... You've been trying to, um, you know, get some different options. And when I saw you put the seal on Olakwatu this week, I'm not going to lie, Norm. I thought that was very ambitious by you. But like you said, he has been on an absolute tear. And for Manly, the team that I thought they would start the season with to so the team they have now, it's just so surprising. It shows what a great coach Des is because right now, Schuster and Olakwatu on an edge. Uh, obviously, they had uh, Curtis Irrin and Joel Thompson there last year. This looks like a rangy, athletic, skillful team right now. Yeah, it looks good. I, I know we were very critical early in the season, but yeah, with um, Ola Kowatu and then, you know, when you put in uh, Schuster onto the edge, I don't know if Curtis Sirenman's going to get, get a start on this side. No, you wouldn't imagine. And I think it was, like I said uh, at the start there, Kieran Foran was a huge game for him. You know, they kind of did bring him in this season to really, you know, solidify their attack, especially if Cherry Evans is out with some origin duties. You know, Garrick's played well at fullback, but this was a complete performance by Manly. They really got up and. It's one of the Dragons is probably going to rue here. You know, they were in seventh place coming into this game. Mm. You know, they had a couple of their poor Vaughan party members uh, taking the, sus- the suspension on this one. Uh, but Sloan came in, had a good game at fullback. I thought DeBellin up front was huge. Jackson Ford at lock. But they just, yeah, they really, really kind of let this one go. What, what do you see from the Dragons moving forward? Is it Ben Hunt just really needs to step up here? Or do you think, you know, Matt Dufty coming in the side? What, where do you see them going for the rest of the season here? I think they really were missing Matt Dufty back there. You know, Sloan did a great job, but I think they they just weren't there in attack. And you know, I don't know if it's fair to put it all on Ben Hunt. He had a he had a great game for Arjun at hooker, but um, I think yeah, without Dufty at the back, didn't have any of those sweeping plays. Um, I think the only trying moment uh, Ben Hunt had was that you know ambitious kick on the first tackle after the scrum, and then um, I think Bill went out to score there. But, uh, yeah, I think Dufty was the key here. Yeah, it's one of the things that I keep harping on during all these podcasts. You know, if you're a team around the eight or just under the eight, you've got to be the teams around you. And this was a classic, you know, Manly coming in six, Dragon seven. This was a, you know, winner can really solidify their spot in the in the eight here. So, well done, Manly. Dragons will let, let that one rue. And, obviously, over the next two weeks, they've got to let, you know, another... I think it's nine players need to take suspensions over the next two weeks. So very interested to see what happens for the Dragons moving forward. Next game on the docket, Nom. First one on the Saturday. It was the North Queensland Cowboys 18 going down to the Sydney Roosters 34. And this game here was 
Very, very interesting. I did call before the round, so this would be potentially the upset of the round. And the Cowboys jumped them. And I honestly thought this was going to be a similar matchup to that Brisbane SEG match where Brisbane got up earlier, but the class of the Roosters prevailed in the end. Yeah, this was, uh, I think the score is a bit unfair to the Cowboys. It was very competitive for like, you know, 70 minutes. And then Sam Walker just stepped up. I think he scored a try, set up a try towards the end. Um, yeah, when it was in balance, um, the 18-year-old really stepped up. Yeah, Sam Walker had a great bait game. I thought the man of the match for me was Vic Radley. His yeah. inclusion back into this side, and we got, we've always, you know, it's pretty well said now, the ball playing 13 is kind of replacing the ball running 13. Would you, would you prefer to have a Jason Tomalolo versus Victor Radley? But what Radley does is that extra second for a half, and anyone who's played, you know, touch, tag, tackle, you know, whatever it is, when you have an extra second yeah. with a ball in hand, it just gives you so much more options and so much more time. So I think Radley coming back has been absolutely huge. Sam Walker obviously had those couple of weeks off with his AC joint injury, so it's good to see him getting some run because, you know, Again, Takiaho did not play in this game. Uh, Tedesco was rested. They're down on troops, but they're getting the job done. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, this, this Roosters team, it's they've got, you know, a shell of their, their starting 13 they would have had at the, at the start. But, um, yeah, Joey Manu, I, I think he, he's, you know, so damaging. The more the more time and space he has in uh, fullback, I think the better for him. Um, yeah, Takiaho, so he... Remind me, he's got. Um, does he have like a hammy injury? What's what's doing with him? Yeah, so he had the the rib complaint earlier in the year, and it did hamper him. Mm. And he was going at about seventy percent. Then he twinged the hammy a couple of weeks ago, and oh, yeah, that's like it. Put him on a bit of ice here, so it's two to four weeks as per the physio. But yeah, it's it's been a cruel season for Takiyaha. A lot of you know, especially from a super coach perspective, some very high hopes <laughs> with the goal kicking, and you know, he, he had a great season last year, but just back-to-back injuries, and I think there was a suspension in there as well. It hasn't been his greatest season, but in saying that, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, who was probably the fourth string prop to start the season, has been absolutely on a tear, and he's, he's honestly their forward leader who's keeping them in these games here. Yeah, he's had massive, massive minutes, and you know I think he was the captain for this one. Um, yeah, he really stepped up. I think, like you said, you know he was... Starting off the bench at the start, that you know they had uh, Lindsay Collins and Takeaho, um, but yeah, in, in their absence, he's definitely you know taken this team and just like carried them on his back. Yeah, and quickly on the Cowboys before we do move here, some some positive signs. I thought uh, Deedon and Drinkwater were connecting well in this game. Still not really sold long term on that partnership, and Richard Townsend going there in twenty twenty two. Unsure of the makeup of that team, I thought the hammer was excellent. Um, where he plays in this team, you know, played a bit of center, played a bit of fullback in this game. They've got some pieces of the Cowboys, and Todd Payton's one of these coaches that can get a lot out of, you know, some individuals. But the makeup of the side is probably one of the things I'm really looking forward to is offseason. Where does Val play? Where does Drinkwater play? Where's the Hammer play? There's a lot of options in this team. Uh, but I think for Payton, finals footy is now kind of really getting away from them now. I think he's going to start experimenting, you know, if there's another loss or two. Those last five rounds are gonna be a lot of exp- experimentation from the uh, from the Cowboys coach. Yeah. Um, so Val, I think he's he's got a grade three shoulder um, AC injury. So uh, yeah, I'm really liking what I saw the other day with uh, Hamizo the Hammer at fullback. Um, you know, I'm not sure whether it's just the confidence he's had after coming out of this camp. Um, he looked really good. 
100%. We'll move on to the next game, Nom. It was the Canberra Raiders 34 defeating the Sharks 18. In this game, but I, I said it in the preview, this was going to be a very, very interesting game. Two teams, you know, really battling around that eight again. I went with the Raiders only because I saw so many good things come out of that Manly game last week. And I said, if this was the, if this Raiders team was the team we thought they were before the season, they really needed to string a couple of wins to get to here. And they've done exactly that. What did you see from the Raiders here in this one? Yeah, exactly right. I can't believe, you know, the Raiders have actually overtaken the Knights now. They're just outside the eighth on ninth position in point differential, sorry. Um, But, you know, massive amount of offloads. They're, They're forward. Um, you know, really got going, and um, Xavier Savage, I think he he did really well at the back as well. Yeah, I think it was the first time since Charles went down they had a fullback that was actually taking yeah. on the line and really creating some space. I thought, you know, Jack Wyden, obviously, he had a it's come out that he's had a rib injury that most of that game, and he played through. They gave him an injection at half time, and the words that he used today was they missed in putting in the injection, so it, did, it didn't actually do anything. So that's why he was consistently cl- uh, clutching the ribs, but great performance by him backing up from origin with a rib injury. He knew how important this game was. And I think Ricky Stewart has a two games now here against Manly and the Sharks, so they can really now build something for this season. Cause out of all the teams outside of the eight right now, this is the team that I think anyone does not want to like if the Roosters finish fifth and the Raiders finish eighth, I think that's really bad news for the Roosters because I think this Raiders team can really go uh, man for man with a lot of teams in that bottom, bottom uh, four of the eight. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of people had Raiders, you know, in top four. They've been going so well in this season because, you know, you look at the roster. Um, everyone knows that, you know, this Raiders roster is very good. But um, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's all the locker room rumours, uh, they just haven't been there this season. But um, this with back-to-back wins, you know, they, they could be anything. I think the last three games, the thing that's really shone out to me is the way that they're using Tom Starling and Josh Hodgson on the field at the same time. Uh, Hodgson mm. starts game about 20 minutes in, Starling comes on, and, they, and then uh, Josh Hodgson kind of moves into that 13-6 role, kind of really starts a bit of ball playing and t- Starling speed out of dummy half. It's um, it's really good signs for the for the Raiders. But for the Sharks, Nom, this was a huge game, and obviously they've got a interim coach in Josh Hannay. They've got a lot of star signings coming in next year, but I still think this season is there for the Sharks if they can put a couple of good performances here. Yeah, to their credit. I mean, they're there right now. They're, they're you know, the eighth position just on point differential. You know, there's a lot of teams just nipping at the heels, the Knights and the Raiders also on 16 points. But, um, yeah, look, I to look, I don't think they've uh, written the season off by any means. I think finals is still a very realistic goal for them. And I guess one super coach note, he probably the flopper of the week in terms of someone who played the full game. It was SJ. A lot of people traded him in for classic uh, during those buy rounds, you know, trading out, you know, Nathan. Myself included. Uh, Me too. Uh, 11 points. Um, Just cracked the double digits. uh, A hurting one. And I think you're going to see a lot of rage rage trades this week um, in the uh, wrap up from this one. Mate, I'm spewing he couldn't put on the 11th last week because I was versing him and he was my opponent's captain during that buy round. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll move on to the last game on Saturday. It was unfortunate for you, but great for me. It was Melbourne 48 defeating the Knights 40. In a game where Melbourne scores 40 consistently easy, this game here, there was a lot of bomb chances. This could have been, you know, similar to that Tigers game a couple of weeks ago, but... 
whether it was Mitch Pearce being out for the Knights, whether it was Caelan Ponga leaving the field with the HIA, Melbourne just dominated once again. Oh, mate, this game was so hard to watch as a Knights fan. You know, it was 32 at halftime. You had Connor Watson at the back, which, you know, um, he, you know, he was put, he, that's not his usual position, but geez, um, yeah, it, it was tough to watch as a Knights fan. Yeah, and for Melbourne, obviously, no Christian Walsh, no Adokar. They were rested. Harry Grant and Pappenhausen still out with injury. During this game, Jerome Hughes went to the bench. Uh, George Jennings left the field. All these guys, you know, coming in and out of this side, but they're still able to consistently put on a score here. I thought Nico Hines, again, was huge. Munster backed up from origin really well. And the cheese, obviously, coming out of dummy half. I don't, there's not a weakness on this roster. And when you get to that Panthers-Storm game, you know, they do verse each other in round 20. I don't think Cleary will be back for that, possibly Luai. So a lot of people saying that's game of the season. It could be, you know, if those two guys are back, but I have no doubt we're still gonna they're gonna meet again in the grand final. Oh, hundred percent. You know, a lot of people, including myself included, have that game you know, circled in their car now because you know it's it's gonna be another great preview for the grand final. Quickly on the Knights now, before we move on, obviously, like I said said at the start there, no Mitch Pierce. Is it worrying that your I guess it's a rhetorical question because I know the I know what the answer is, but the fact that your team relies on a 34, 33-year-old halfback who's, you know, signing one-year deals, they look lost without PC. And, you know, he's, you know, well past his prime. He's no longer, you know, a top five halfback, but just his um, leadership and his control in the field, when he doesn't play, it's sorely missed. Oh, yeah, 100%. We're very top-heavy, you know, without... Without um, Karen Ponga, without Pierce there, um, you look at our back line. It's uh, we'll minus Karen Ponga. Next, we have Dom Young, Kurt Mann, Anari Tuala, Haimu Hart, Jake Clifford, and Phoenix Crossland in that back line. So, um, yeah, it was just very inexperienced. And um, yeah. And just a quick shout out before we move on. So, obviously, this was the game where I kind of went hard with my Melbourne boys in my draft side. Had Nico Hines three three two as captain, Olin one twenty four, uh, and Munster one fifteen. So all my boys coming through to smash Jason. He's rooted at the bottom of the ladder now. So uh, good to see that he stays where he is, and you know I can you know fix that four against because you know I versed you getting the four fifty from Cleary. I've had a three hundred from Walker, so I'm really trying to grab those four and against points back. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good joke off for yourself there. <laughs> Next game, Nob, it was the first one on Sunday. The Panthers 16, oh, sorry, the Panthers 30, defeating the Warriors 16. An absolute calamity of a game from the Warriors. Hung, hung tough. They played basically the whole game with 13 guys. You had Egan with a shoulder injury. Tohu Harris, unfortunately, looks like he's going to uh, miss six to nine months with an ACL injury. Roger Tulvasashek had a very bad head knock, knocked to the ground before he even was out. Uh, and then Rocco Berry had a hamstring injury, but they still battled and kept it pretty close. What did you see in this one, mate? Oh, mate, this this from this game onwards, I think it was just a downfall my uh, Super Coach week because you know you had RTS go off in the fifteenth minute or whatever. Um, but to the Warriors' credit, you know they they really hung in there uh, with the fact that you know they had their starting forwards, uh, Noel Blake and Matt Lodge, pretty much play eighty minutes. Um, they they. They did well not to get blown out of park by this uh, quality Panthers outfit. Yeah, Vanua Blake and Matt Lodge, absolutely ridiculous output for guys. Like, you know, average around the 50-minute mark, but for them to play 80 minutes, and that was a good 80 minutes. Like, when the tries went yeah. in for uh, the Panthers, it wasn't through their side. So yeah. 
it was re- really good stuff. And for the Panthers, you know, I've heard some people, you know, on Facebook and Twitter after this game say, you know, this is an indictment on the Panthers. They weren't able to put 40 on um, the Warriors. You know, they barely got to 30. I think for the Panthers, they did what they needed to do. They still don't have their two best players. You know, Dylan Edwards has come back from an injury. But if I'm the Panthers, I've got my two points and I'm walking away. I'm not looking to impressing at style points at this, this stage of the season. No, that's right. Uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, origin players backing up. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too concerned for, for Warriors. The fact that they didn't beat the Warriors by 50, for example, I think, uh, you know, they still um, got 30 points very comfortably. Yeah, and I think that the biggest difference for this NRL season now that I think no one's really made the point on yet is that I don't think we're going to have a, such a thing as fi- a home final this year. So the difference between first and second for one of these, Melbourne or the Panthers, if the Panthers just want to keep resting players and finish second, they don't have to go to Amy Park at any stage. They don't have to, you know, teams don't have to go to Blue Bet. It's now that's going to be played out of Suncorp, uh, the Suntride Coast and the Gold Coast. So I think home field advantage is out of the window now. So I think, you know, a Panthers, you know, a Capewell, a Martin, a Coruscant, you know, a who played Origin, they might probably get a couple of rests uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I think, again, that Melbourne is putting 40 on for fun, but I think the Warrior, the Panthers don't need to really be focusing and try and match them to try and get the style points. No, exactly. I mean, the two most stylish guys are out. I mean, you know, with Cleary and uh, Luai there, um, I think they'll look even sharper. On, uh, I mean, I have no doubt they'll look even sharper with those two in. 100%. Second last game of the round, it was the Tigers 42 defeating the Broncos 24 in the only tip I got wrong this week. And I was so confident in the Broncos. I thought, you know, the comms been relocated to the, to the Queensland. Brisbane's at home, get to sleep in their bed. Katoni Staggs another week in the first grade side. It was looking good. You know, they were in the lead, but the Tigers show, you know, defense isn't their strong suit, but they can put on points pretty fast. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, that, that right edge just, um, you know, with Tommy Talau, uh, Lucy and Nofo there, they really just uh, tore shreds to, to the uh, Broncos' defence. And to me, the, probably the, my biggest regret this season was how low I was on Adam Dewey to start the season. Uh, <laughs> I think he finished with five tri-assists in this game, uh, 150, as, uh, 150 in Supercoach. He's just turning into one of those guys. that He's one, one of the better uh, playmakers in the comp. What are you seeing from him? Obviously, uh, he wanted to stay at the Rabbits. They didn't have the room to keep him in there, but he's just turning into an out-and-out gun for this uh, for this Tiger side. Oh, ridiculous. I think um, he, between him and Dane Laurie, I mean, he must they must account for 90% of their tries, uh, you know, whether it's through an assist or actually scoring them. Um, yeah, they've got their hands everywhere. With the Broncos, um, geez, I think there was a period there with Jermaine Osaka where everything he touched just turned to shit for 15 minutes towards the end of the second half. I think he kicked the ball out on the full. He dropped like two of the bombs. Yeah, um, yeah not much doing there. He's The game really did turn. The, the Broncos were on top. You know, it was a tussle, but they were on top. But then Brody Croft uh, dropped the ball in a play of the ball. And from that point, then you had, uh, you had they scored a try. Jermaine kicked out on the full. Then the next set, they got the ball. Jermaine had a little line break down the edge and then got dragged in a touch. Just a lot of the discipline. And Kevy Walters, you know, this this side has quality. You know, this Bronco side has class. 
it's not going to be a hard rebuild for this Bronco side. You know, they've got the they've got the guys there to do it. It's just they've got some ill-disciplined players. They've got some players, you know, Brody. If you just take this Broncos team that played today and you swap out Brody Croft for Adam Reynolds, who's there next year, they probably win that game pretty comfortably because they've got a guy that can control the game, knows the right option. So they're not far off at all. But if you're Kevy, you know, that was a chance to really, you know, jump the Tigers in the ladder and also really solidify yourself to not be anywhere near the spoon. So they're going to absolutely rue this one. But for the Tigers, you know, their top eight push is not dead. You know, they're going to have to have a pretty good run here. They do have a nice run of games coming up. Uh, so this might be the start of a Tigers little uproar here. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, just the Broncos. I mean, I don't think, you know, they got because Tony Staggs um, involved. I think, you know, you listen to commentators, they're like crying out for Tony Staggs to get more involved. And, you know, I think Jesse knew bombed the almost certain try when he had an unmarked uh, Tony Staggs to his uh, right-hand side. Yeah, two two teams probably going in the indirect direction for the rest of the season. It's going to be interesting what happens there. We'll move on to the last game, Nom. Uh, it was the nightcap, and it was an interesting game. Didn't think it'd be this close. It was uh, the Sydney, uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs thirty two defeating the Canberra Bankstown Bulldogs twenty four. And I guess let's just start. I don't know if you saw it, but have you seen the Lachlan Lewis play yet at halftime? Oh, <laughs> I did see that, and that was if I've ever seen a Braves now. I mean, who gets Sinbin for tackling someone? After the sign, it was just yeah. never in my lifetime. When a guy like Vossi, you know, throws out there, I've never seen the rugby league before, you know, it's something special. You know, don't know what Cody Walker said, but Cody Walker seems like one of those guys that can get under some skin, mm. you know. But yeah, look, and Lewis needs to know the game plan there because that real, you know, going on to the rabbit side here, you know, in that 10 minutes, they attempted a 40 20, they put a ball in a touch, they took the two right on the line. So you know, they were not perfect, but yeah, I, I do wonder how the game turns if Lachlan Lewis doesn't get Simbin. What did you see from uh, the Rabbits here in general? Not not very convincing. Is it one of those ones they just take two points, or do you think there were some signs of concern for the Rabbits fans moving forward? Uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a tough one. I think um, they obviously did lack a bit of polish, and, you know, they the Bulldogs wouldn't have been... Um, yeah, into this game if the Rabbitohs didn't keep inviting them in. Um, you know, I think it was, I think it was a bit unfortunate that I had missed um, Campbell Graham and, and you know, they were missing Latrell, but yeah, I think they just missed a little bit of polished, um, but in the end, they still got the win. So I don't think there's too much um, cause for concern. Yeah, and if you're a Bulldogs fan, you know, you've gone toe-to-toe against the Roosters and the Rabbits in back-to-back weeks. So Trent Barrett's obviously doing a good job there. You know, he hasn't got the troops. And he's going to got some guys coming in next season that's going to make some differences. So if you're a Bulldogs fan, you know, you're pretty proud of that effort. If you're a Rabbits fan, again, not the best uh, game to put in the catalogue to show what this team's made of. But in the end, they got the win. And, you know, no, the only downside looks like Latrell obviously rested, but it looks like um, AJ... Uh, Alex Johnson has picked up a hammy injury from the sounds of it. So hopefully it's not too long for him on the sideline. Uh, but yeah, it was a good game there from, from both sides. I think it was very entertaining. You know, we've been complaining about the, the amount of blowouts. This was a nice change, a welcome change. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, you know, a lot of people probably lost a bit of uh, their multis there with expecting the Raldos to blow out the uh, Bulldogs 50 to nil there. And probably, you know, with AJ. Um, a lot of people probably would have also had him scoring a hat trick as well. So that unfortunately was cut 
a bit short there with the double. That's it. Last well, EA games. I'm just one more no, uh, news note. I wanted to touch base with you here. So obviously, early in the week, it was announced that Phil Gould has left his post at the Warriors. He's gone back over to the Kendra Bankstown Bulldogs. Just want to get your quick thoughts. Now, obviously, Gus, one of one of our favorites, very knowledgeable, and you know we've seen what he's done to the Panthers. You know he's done a good job in that short limited stint at the Warriors for the Bulldogs. Massive coup here, or is it just a, a name brand thing that you know is going to take still some time to turn it on the field? Uh, I think it will, probably will take a bit of time. You know, I think what Gus usually does, what he did with the Panthers is they sort of just scrap the whole system and start from ground up. So, uh, you know, there's. I think it's going to be a few years, but um, I think the Bulldogs definitely do have potential with Gus there. Yeah, 100%. I think but they've got some players coming in next year, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how those guys mesh. You know, you've got a Matt Burton coming in to be the lead playmaker for the first time. You've got a Josh Ado Carr coming in, you know, first time outside of the Melbourne system. We'll see how he goes. But, you know, in, interesting signs if you're a Bulldogs fan. You know, you've got Trent Barrett, the flashy new coach. You've got a couple of new star signings coming. You've got a very good back line. And now you've got Phil Gould, you know, running the operation. So if you're a Bulldogs fan, things looking up. But, um, yeah, just wanted to touch on that one because that was a – I don't know if you saw the story, but he hasn't seen the team in – I think it was eight weeks or something. And, you know, even though they're at the Central Coast, he never went up there once to go see them. And he left because of the lack of contact, he thought it was better for both sides. It was very interesting how I read the statement about how they ended it. But I guess for the Warriors, they can kind of move on fresh. Hopefully they'll have games at home next year. Fingers crossed for that. And then they can kind of move forward with their, with their new lineup. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was an interesting one, what, what Goss was actually going to do for the Warriors. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it ended just a bit short there. That's it. Well, Nom, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks uh, again for coming on and wrap, recapping all the games for us here. No worries. Always a pleasure to be on. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.